Many of you know that um, I tend to pray the Lord's Prayer when I'm not sure where to go with things. And the phrase that probably gives me the most difficulty is the phrase, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I'm just trying to figure out what it means. Um, because there, are, I, I know there's that future looking in saying, God, at one point in the future, you are going to bring peace and establish everything to run the way it was supposed to run. But we're in the in-between time. And I know that there's an application for that, but I don't always know what it is. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, how does that apply to my life? How does that go to the other? Um, an illustration came to me this week that describes some of my feelings with that. And it's this. Oftentimes, Char will go to the store and she'll say, do you need anything? Can I get you something? And she's saying, you know, I'm making the trip out. I'm going to grab something to just, you know. But the, the way that I see that is she has her agenda. She's going to get that done. And if she can do something that would benefit me, she's got, you know, saying, I'll do that too. When we take that approach with God, that's not so good. It's like... Um, Okay, God, I'm going to pursue this career. Um, if you are willing to use me in anything with this, that'd be great. God, I'm going to marry this person. If, uh, you would, uh, if, if you would bless that, that'd be wonderful. God, I'm going to pursue this adventure and if, if I can be of service to you in any way, let me know. But the priority is not, God, what do you desire first and foremost? And what would you desire of my life? You know, if we go walk back through that, what career would you want me to pursue? What spouse would you want me to marry? And... In that, how do I become a good spouse? What career do you want me to have, and how does that play? In other words, thy kingdom come says that he's in charge. So I was, I was reading uh, this parable in Matthew 21, just a few verses, and it's that last week when Jesus is in Jerusalem and he's teaching in the temple regularly. And it goes this way, what do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, um, go work in the vineyard today. And the boy goes, no way, not going to do that. But then he changes his mind and he goes. Second son, and, you know, he says, go work in the vineyard by the father. And the son goes, of course, sir, that's exactly what I'll do. This translation throws in even the sir, like, you're the one. We, we do exactly what you want. But then he doesn't go. Blows him off. And you're looking at that, and Jesus goes, okay, which one did what the father asked? And we're kind of going, well, he didn't do it perfectly. But the first one is, seems to be the one that got it right. 
And Jesus goes, yeah, the, the prostitutes and tax collectors, they're entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. So he, in Jerusalem, talking with the people at the temple, the religious folks, and he's going, really, those other guys figured it out. And so there's this thing of, okay, am I walking in religiousness saying, God, I hope you bless this, and I hope you take care of that, and your kingdom come, you know, whatever that means, just, you know, but without really putting energy into saying, God, what are you wanting to do in and through my life in this day? It's interesting to me that a previous, just in this same chapter, just a few verses before, Jesus went over to a fig tree, he's hungry, and... uh, He goes to pick a fig, but there's no figs on it. He curses it, and it withers immediately. Now, that gives some of us some struggle of, Jesus did that? Why did he do that? Is that the God we know? You know, I I don't want to chase that any further. You can think of that while I'm finishing here. (laughs) But what happens if our lives are all green, and there's no fruit. And it's like, okay, God, I hope you're, I hope you're going to be pleased with me being in the service today. I hope our worship pleases you. You know, it's, I, even like with the message, it's like, Okay, this is what I'm preaching. I hope that you bless it abundantly and it bears. It's the wrong approach, right? It's not really addressing the issues as they are. In this passage and, and such, we're being called to say, what are your desires, Lord? What are you doing? I mean, when I think about our country and I think about what's going on, I'm Okay, God, I know you're in control, but how's your hand playing out in this? That's a a right question. But it's it's not fair to just say, yeah, I prayed that, now let's go on. But really, there's an assumption that he will give some answers along the way. Jesus doesn't duck the thing of drawing attention to work as being part of our existence within the kingdom. I mean, the very first thing that God called people to do was to go tend the garden, right? Even though this is the perfect creation, there's no sin in the world, and yet there's a, a calling to labor that's pre-fall. And so in that, there's an awareness. We were designed in some ways for work. Now, in this particular story that I went through with the two sons, the father is telling the boys, this is what I want done. In other words, you're part of the family business, and this is what I want done, this is how I want done, this is when I want it done, this is the way that I want it done. And that's completely appropriate in family life.
It isn't qualified with, this will be fun. You will find great fulfillment when you go to the vineyard today. It's not there. But the illustration is such that for that day and age, a parent trained their child in how to take care of things, and eventually that child took over and and ran it. And in some ways, there's that awareness that the father knows what to do, how to do, when to do, and he calls us to do, to follow through with that. And, and so, you know, in, in looking at this, Jesus makes this statement. He says, my father's honored by this. Bear much fruit and go show yourself to be my disciples. Uh, in John 4, he says, my food is to do the, do the will of the one who sent me and complete his work. In other words, Jesus ties into this model and says, Father tells me what to do, that's what I do. I'm committed to that. He also says in John 6, do not work for the food that disappears, but for, for the food that remains to eternal life. So even more important than working to eat, the physical, he says there's, there's a spiritual side to this where the eternal working actually takes priority even over that. Interesting thought. I mean, the thing that we think core to our existence and most important, Jesus says there's something even deeper. In John 17, he says, I glorified you on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Paul takes this up. In 1 Corinthians 3, he says, We're co-workers belonging to God. You are God's field, God's building. Now, you can say, well, he was talking about Apollos, and, but he was also a tent maker there in Corinth at that time. And I'm looking at it and going, God had directed him. He was applying himself, and it was coming out in a number of different directions. In that same, to that same people, he says, we are Christ's ambassadors. We represent God in this world. Let's, let's go through a few things. If we tie into this picture that we are laborers in the family business, that means that The Father gets to tell us what's going to take place more than we're saying, I'm doing this, I hope you like it. Or I'm going, can I do anything for you? You know, the driving to work each day and the prayer, God, if I can say something of life to another, that's a valuable prayer, but there's a higher priority. Everything about that day is connected to what the Father desires. So it's not just about our speech, but it's about the labor of the day. Can anyone honestly think that God is honored by 
being a jerk at work. That God called me here. I don't want to be here, but I'm going to do it anyway. Oh, God be praised. Thank you for coming. Doesn't make sense, does it? But there's just this awareness that I want to speak words of life. And I want to, in a sense, portray what the Father's business is about, and I'm representing him in this moment. You can take that into to family life as well. Uh, God isn't blessed by you being a lousy lover. Chewing that for a while. But you can pray and ask him to develop the relationship between the two of you in a way that maximizes glory unto him. And that's, that's the privilege that we have in the Lord. But to suggest that, you know, yeah, I know I don't get this area right, but you don't understand how I was brought up, or you don't understand my background, you don't understand all I got into, or you don't understand. I'm sorry, is God truly honored by that? Nope. So how do I become all that God would want me to be? <laughs> I got distracted a bit. Um, even regarding, you know, I know that's a first for me, right? For parenting, and I, I found a 10 worst parents, uh, animal parents online. And uh, I know it's true because it was online. Uh, but uh, I, I, God didn't call you to distracted parenting. He didn't call you to doting parenting. He didn't call you to disconnected parenting. You weren't called to breed and leave. I went through some animals, and I thought you might enjoy this. I did anyway. The Komodo dragon. It's a nasty beast, right? From all reports, you do not want to be around one. Um, they... Their kids have to run up a tree or get eaten when they're born. It's like, you don't know my childhood background. That's why I just, you know, I, I don't do kids well. Sorry, you're not a Komodo. The, uh, the harp seal. Seal's all fuzzy and nice, Right? The harp seal nurses its child for 12 days and then leaves it on the ice for a month and a half. Finally, it grows big enough to go in the water and fish. But it's, it's done. 12 days and done. Had this kid, got started. They're on their own. God didn't create you as a harp seal. Um, the panda... A favorite animal, right? 
They'll give birth to two, pick the strong one, and just let the other go. Pick out the favorite, and sorry, you didn't make the cut. The black bear, just the opposite. <laughs> you know how in, in this region you often you'll see like two or three little bears? It turns out that black bears regularly, if they have only one cub, they figure it's not enough, they just abandon it. Male grizzlies. This is for you, dads. Um, they abandon their family. Uh, if they do come around, they'll often eat the cubs. It's not a good thing. Male lions, uh, that's, I'm not sure how prejudiced this was in the statement, but it, it says they sleep and do nothing. They don't do anything regarding training the kids, but they will hog the food in spite of all the others. Lion of the house, right? <laughs> well, If, if we are trying to emulate the Heavenly Father and we are trying to say, what is perfect? What is perfect as a parent? Then we would be calling out, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, and we're saying, how would your kingdom being, be lived out in this household? How would your kingdom be established here? I mean, if this is what the major portion of my day is about, and I'm working for you, what, what does that truly look like, and what do you want? What are your desires for me? It's asking the right question first. It's not trying to just add Jesus to the mix. It's not going to the store and saying, do you need anything? As nice as that is in, in regular life, it's not enough in our relationship to God. Lord, just fix this mess. No. Help me to know what you've called me to and then respond to it. We thank you for your scripture. It speaks life to us. We pray that you'll draw us in prayer to pray the appropriate prayers and to consider your kingdom first and to say that you are you have the right to call the shots in the family business and that as we participate in your kingdom that you will give insights as to when and how and what should be done and that you will draw us into those things and we will be honored by our response Amen. May your blessing rest on these, your people. May they know the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives. May they discover what it is to work within the family business, to listen to your voice and to respond. As each one goes into their fields of ministry, I ask that you'll give them words to speak that bring life. I ask that you'll enable them to carry out the workings of your kingdom. Gift them with the supernatural. Be lifted up and exalted, our Lord, we pray. We love you this day. Amen.